This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Kids Shoes. How do you lose one shoe? We're gonna be late. Let's go, get your shoes. I'm a prisoner in my own goddamn home. Does this happen to you? Late again for Kids Eat Free Tuesdays at Bob Evans because your ungrateful kids can't find their goddamn shoes? Well, not anymore. With the all new Kids Shoes. We adhere shoes directly to the soles of your kid's feet. Permanently. Your shitty kid will never make you late again. Kid shoes are made from real wrought iron, so you don't have to worry about them wearing down over time. We know the worst part of owning kids is the constant growing. That's why once a month, one of our shoe techs will come to your house and refit your dirty, stupid kids with a new pair of kid shoes. Starting at one year and up, Kid Shoes. A Popco brand. Hello. Thank you for cracking another road soda. This is episode ninety six of Soda Road. I mean, Road Soda. My bad, I've had a lot of, I, I've had just so many of these, Greg. I wrote a soda. I wrote a, a Soda Road. On this episode, OJ's gonna get his cast on, and just a warning, don't go to Dr. Jerky McThat's My Jizz. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is... Greg McGinnis. We have Le'Veon Bell's 911 three-way, and we find a way to make counting quarters extremely exciting. And they, exciting it was. They did find a way. They it found was, a I, I couldn't imagine, but they found a way. Guys, if you ever want to write into us, we love hearing from you. Send all of your stuff to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Like us and subscribe to us everywhere so you never miss an episode. Can they love us somewhere or does it have to be like? We you we, you, you can love us in your heart. And it radiates out into the universe. Yeah, and there's no way it. for us to calculate that, so that's useless. Yeah, we don't want your uncalculable legs. love. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> you can like us and subscribe so you can... Uh, that way you never miss an episode. Also, just a quick thing. Uh, sometimes, we've mentioned this before. If you ever have any sort of imperfection on your episode... Uh, we, we do these... I crank these episodes out. Or Greg and I crank them together, but I do all the editing and whatnot week by week so sometimes it's a photo finish when I get these things out some things could be missing sometimes I'll delete a track something goes something happens I always end up fixing it within a day or two at the most so if you hear an imperfection uh, re-download the episode I know some people are subscribed and it automatically downloads when it release I listen to it uh, I will do my best to do more of a pre-check before it goes out but if it happens uh, that's how you fix it, because it always gets fixed. Anyway, don't miss an episode. Tell all your friends. We love hearing from you. We have postcards that we send to you for free, directly to your house. You take a picture of it. You get the postcard. You take a picture of it. We post it on our social media. We love hearing from you guys. We'll send them everywhere. Send your mailing address to roadsodamail at gmail.com. We'll even send them to Australia and Vietnam. Why the fuck not? I even got a postcard, a postcard request from one of the passengers on that Malaysian flight that went missing. So it's a complicated address, but I guess they are out there. So we will send it anywhere. We will send it anywhere. It'll get there. It will get there. 
Big Gre- listeners on that. You thing. had uh, a couple of things you wanted to wrap up. Yeah. In the last so episode. from last episode, there were two hanging chads that I wanted to uh, pop out. Uh, I talked about a movie. We talked about the plane crash situation. There was a movie Jeff Bridges was in where he's in a plane crash. That was 1993's Fearless. It was a decent movie for 1993. Also, when we were talking about Nick Leeson, if you remember, Nick Leeson was the big rogue trader that brought down Barings Bank. Right. And, and I said, where is he now? You said, where is he now? And I actually knew where he something about his recent situation, but I was trying to make another point, and I lost it, and then we never circled back. Nick Leeson is alive and well. He's an active keynote. He's an active speaker on the keynote and after-dinner speaking circuit, and he advises companies about risk and corporate responsibility. Oh, does he? Guys. And even cooler, he competed in the UK celebrity Big Brother in 2018, finishing in fourth place. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. I mean, the guy's yeah. fucking living it up for being an arch criminal. For, yeah, for for wasting everyone's money in a, in a red hot second, which is the most offensible crime. <laughs> this episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Ten Percent On. Ten Percent On, America's favorite G-string retailer, is wishing America a happy Independence Day weekend. Come in this weekend and get ten percent off. And also by. Flat Ice Malt has long been the official beer sponsor of Flat Earthers everywhere. A great taste we can all agree on. Try all new Flat Ice Time Off IPA, bottled with Bud Light labels to minimize your chance of getting your ass kicked. We're coming on in, Greg. Coming on in with news... Got some new stuff here. None of that old stuff. Human ashes, Legos, and a sandwich. Strange, strange things we sent into space. I guess this isn't exactly news. This isn't an article that came out recently. Well, they're just talking about uh, strange things they sent into space. Those are all strange things to be sent into space. Ever since early days of human space flight... Humans have been carrying earthly things into space. Yeah, they sent a Buzz Lightyear up into space, some Legos up into space. This is all like NASA. Um, yeah, so human remains. Those of who made it into space in life have a chance to go there after death on a memorial space flight for a sizable fee. They'll basically just send anything up into space. Someone paid to have the Legos sent into space? I think somebody, it was, uh, no, it was actually an astronaut just brought those Legos up with him as some kind of, um, the Juno spacecraft carried tiny Lego figurines of the Roman god Jupiter, the goddess Juno, huh? and astronomer Galileo Galilei on his mission. Um, they're not even painted. They're just like really little, they're like little white things. I don't know. It looks like he's like glued them to some kind of desk or something and they're just sitting there. Is that really what they look like? They look like unpainted Legos. That's exactly like what yeah. unfinished. Unfinished Legos. Like he was Did they like, get those oh. at the unfinished Lego barn? I love that place. Are you guys even trying? Well, you, you, <laughs> we spent billions of dollars to get you up there. You couldn't paint your fucking Legos? <laughs> Little Earth, a small plush replica of our beloved blue planet made internet waves earlier this year when the adorable toy hitched a ride... They'll send anything up into space, man. Would you ever go to space, Greg? Yeah, fuck yeah. What would it take? Oh, I, I say that now, but like, if actually offered the chance, I don't know, because it's 
you know, I mean, it's pretty fucking hardcore to... It is hardcore. Unless it was, like, super accessible. I don't care enough about space to want to go. I'm one of those people that everyone's like, let's go start a, a, a thing on Mars. Let's go live on the space station. I think that is one of the worst things that you could do for your body is to pull yourself off this planet for an extended period of time. Here's, here's my main fear with the space travel thing. Mm-hmm. You get in, it seems cool, then you're scared, it's locked down, you can't get out. There's nothing. The thing takes off, you totally shit your pants. Mm-hmm. You can't change your pants for like three days till you get there. Then you're get on rare. the thing with only three people. You walk around this fucking thing going like, hey, what's up? And they're like, dude. What if you don't like that, him? Is that the dude that shit is? Yeah. It wasn't me and it wasn't you, Bob. It was that dude, okay? And it was horrible and it was in his fucking mask. There was gravity. There was shit everywhere. Yeah, that's the fucking guy. That's the shit guy? Then I'm sitting in a huge cafeteria at one t- table, and the other two fucking dudes, the cool guys you and I, are way over there. The I, only two I sit down and they move. Because you're the not cool guy. It's a fucking you're the shit nightmare guy. that I relive day after Shitting day. Shitting your pants in space. It's you, you can't be more miserable. Maybe at Disney World. Like, if you're in a line, you're like, I'm almost on the ride. You're right. not getting out of that line. I don't give a shit if I shit actively right down into my Have shoes. Have you ever had to shit on, when you're online at that point? Dude. I have. Yeah. I've been at that They're point. long lines, I had, I, I've been to the point of almost being on a ride for hours and then get, like, almost, like, a like an irritable bowel bout. Like, you Ugh. can't control it, and I've had to dip out. Inside the spoilt brat Kim Jong-un's bizarre North Korean childhood. This little... As a spoiled young boy who was given his first car at age seven... How old are you, kid, right now? <laughs> that I know of is a 13 and a 10-year-old. And I get letters from this fucking 19-year-old, although we've gotten a cease and desist several times out to him, doesn't fucking listen. Not your fucking dad, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, are either of your kids being raised to believe they're a demigod? I don't know. My wife is overly fucking accommodating. Well, how... Yeah. Well, I mean, we how, how else do you expect your kids to be dictators, fearless dictators, unless you do? His parents ensured he had stuff... He had staff tending to his every need, and the gardens of his home were filled with cages containing monkeys and bears for his entertainment. Could you just... Could you imagine? I can't, because it's probably fucking crazy. You couldn't just think of... Oh, just about anything you can fathom, and your parents are like, okay... Well, just, uh, you want a monkey? How many monkeys? You want a bunch of monkeys? You want to you want to want the you want to make the monkeys fight? Do you want to put the monkey? Do you want to drive your your car over those monkeys? That you want a different car? You want a better car? You want that guy's? How many car? times do you think he shot someone? Like they, the parents were like, I want to shoot somebody. The, the father's like, hold on, Kimmy, I'll be right back. I gotta take this call. And there's like two guys there, and he grabs one of their guns and fucking bam. And he's like, hold on. He's, he's trying not to like fight with them, but he's trying right. not to let them get the gun. And then he fucking shoots and he one of the gets guys. Gets shot, and he goes, "It was an honor." And the father, comes it was a great <laughs> honor to get shot. Thank you, thank you, thank you, great holy leader. And the father comes in, and he goes, "Oh Jesus, I'm so sorry, Bob. Clean this shit up, Kim. Go to your room. Ah, oh, you didn't go to your room. fucking eighty-five thousand square foot room and get out of my sight." He didn't get sent to his fucking. He didn't room. even get spanked. Oh, he, he no, dude. He was shot somebody, and they go, "Nice, you shot somebody. You want to try? <laughs> hey, you want to try this gun?" That's what they fucking did. Huge ballrooms boasted more toys. Ballrooms boasted more toys than any European store. And the gardens inside the wall compounds where Ray, um, where he was raised were so large that many called them parks. So it's like he had a central park just look, just for that kid. I mean, he is a cute little kid. He's not that cute. 
<laughs> That's according to this new book about the featured world leader who executed his uncle and had his half-brother killed with a nerve agent. Is Jeez. that him? Kim Jong-un during his high school years in Switzerland. Photo of Kim Jong after not making the basketball team. Has Holy the entire shit. basketball team assassinated. That was him in when he went to when he went to school in Switzerland. That's the craziest part. That's the craziest thing to me is that he grew up in North Korea seeing how everyone was like dying. Maybe maybe they kept him so hidden he didn't know that the rest of the country's dying and that he lives Maybe. Like, maybe. Dude, he never left that fucking palace. He never but left the, but then he, they, he went. Then they sent him to Switzerland. Well, until he went to school, where the, he sees how the rest of the fucking world is. Mm, arguable, but still, like, he sees like, something other than the palace, well, right? He see, but he also doesn't see North Korea. He He's sees, not going to ITT Tech in Switzerland. He sees though. a country that's not North Korea. He goes to Switzerland. He gets out of the country and he sees how people are living and he sees that it's not North Korea. And then he's able to go back to North Korea and like. Now that he's like the fearless leader, he's been around. He knows there's fucking like starvation and family. Largest everywhere. DVD collection in the world. How the fuck, dude? You you've got to be so fucking broken in your goddamn head to continue to perpetuate that. It's just insanity. There's obviously something very wrong and broken in this guy's fucking brain in order to. That's what's crazy is that he he they've taken him away from that. He went to Switzerland for, and for college for four years. And then he went back and he continued just to be like, I'm going to kill my uncle. And uh, Jesus Christ, look at him. Fearless leader, Kim Jong-un. They all got nice uniforms, though, don't you think? No, it's kind of plain. Yeah, you're right. It is very plain. That I photo think... was 79. Those glasses are like... No, this is 2011. A lady from 1979 would wear an actress. It's my, my nana used to wear those. Exactly. Her influence... Yeah, anyway. The topless one? Uh, no, she didn't wear glasses like that. She was... <laughs> She, more she didn't more wear anything. Ba boom. Horn rim. And I'll land it. Horn rimmed. I think you'll like this one. Speaking of horn rimmed. Yeah. I, I Killer news it. show. OJ Simpson is ready to launch his podcast. I know you're geared up to listen to this, Greg. OJ's going to do a podcast? Did, did I stutter? Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you're very aware because you follow all serial killers, murderers, and footballers. O.J. Simpson's sudden appearance on Twitter may not be as random as people think. You know that, obviously, you know that he just uh, he started his Twitter account and then like a couple of days gained over 650,000 followers. And uh, on Father's Day, <laughs> sent out a very weird fucking video that says, at the end, he said, I got some getting even to do. It was a video that he posted to Twitter, and at the end of the video, he's like, Happy Father's Day. I just want to say Happy Father's Day, everybody out there, and uh, stay tuned. I got some getting even to do. I'm like, Jesus. Dude, holy shit. Uh, but apparently, he is going to, uh, um, he's got a podcast that he's going to release called Confronting OJ or something, but it's going to be like him just sitting there telling his whole, his whole damn story. Is it called Confronting OJ? I'm I think it's driving to that right now. I gotta hear what the fuck. Yeah, if you can, you're gonna. Uh, well, it hasn't come out yet. Because the man, you know, Ron Goldman is my biological father. Kim Goldman. So, uh, the man has to earn a living and the right to. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be a very listened to podcast. It is a very. Wait a minute, confronting. I don't know if it, that's what it's gonna be called. Uh, let's see. 
confronting a podcast. Uh, yeah, Kim Goldman's podcast, confronting other. That's Kim Goldman had a podcast. Uh, I don't think they released what the name of uh, they they didn't release what the name of his podcast. Okay, because there's a there's a podcast called Generation Y the Generation Y podcast, and the episode was confronting O.J. Simpson, but it's nine minutes long. Yeah, sources told Fame. Simpson has plans to take a stab at a pay-per-view or subscription-based podcast in which he'll offer his side of what happened the night Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were murdered on June 12, 1994. The man has to earn a living and a right now uh, and right now there's a perfect storm of an opportunity for him to speak. Yeah, so shit's, I think that's going to be very interesting. Do you, are you going to pay to, to listen to that? How much is it going to cost? I didn't say. Probably maybe five bucks. If it was on like a donation, I'll pay what you feel you should Yeah, pay. I don't think it's going to be that. No? I think it's definitely going to be like, a, you pay me five bucks in an episode, motherfucker. You so don't wait, listen to it. This is Ron Goldman's sister's podcast? Is that no, what we're talking about? No, this is O.J. Simpson, his own podcast. O.J. Simpson is He's going gonna to do have a pay, pay, through, pay per yes. pod event. Oh, I all I said was that Kim Golden. Okay, the man has an array, and the source is referring to the 25th anniversary of the killings and the sudden popularity of Kim Goldman's podcast confronting OJ Simpson. That's something different. But OJ is going to start his own pay-per-view subscription-based podcast in which he will offer his side of what happened. No, I wouldn't pay for that, but I will nope. follow it. I will look and see what the deal is. Follow so, do you know who Kim Goldman it. is? Psh, I don't know. Ron Goldman's sister. All right. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Is it? The Goldmans are a big deal? Well, I don't know. I mean, if to OJ. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially when he said he's got some getting even to do. So he has some getting me. even to do. He said, he, I got, still got some people I got to kill. That's <laughs> what he's saying. You said you had a news story that you wanted to... On the lighter side of true crime, uh, do you know who Le'Veon Bell is? And I think I may have mentioned him to you this week, so you know, probably know who Le'Veon Bell is. Le'Veon Bell is a very... A highly sought-after running back in the NFL. He was the running back for the Steelers. He sat out last year due to a contract dispute. He wanted to be paid more. He, the dude was really doing well. He didn't just want to be the highest-paid guy. He wanted like a gap mm-hmm. between him and the next guy. Me too. He wanted that guy senselessly beaten and stripped on TV, and they couldn't get that in the contract. He sat out for a year. But in t- 2017, he was the highest. He had the most rushing yardage of the year that he played. He just sat out last year. So he's. this is not like... Some guy on a thing that they're trying to associate with the NFL. He's a top guy. So he had a 911 call earlier in the week because he was robbed by two women. These He's very famous for, over the last year, having two full-time girlfriends, a 23- and a 21-year-old ladies. And he called 911, and it's kind of comical. I definitely advise trying to listen to it because he calls 911, says he's been robbed, Tells the 911 operator what he was what was stolen. It was like some jewelry, like asinine jewelry. He said it was worth a million dollars, the shit. He's listing like some cash, the jewelry, whatever. He had this Black Panther pendant that I've seen like a lot of pictures of that I, I can't imagine how much that's worth, but there's got to be some jewels and shit in it. I don't know. Or maybe it was who made it. I'm sure there are some jewels in it. Yeah. But um, the, the part that people keep harping on that is kind of humorous is that when the 911 operator asks, he's like, all right, so you said there were two women and you knew these women. He's like, yeah, they were there. I went to work out. I came back. They were gone. They stole all my shit. So he goes, all right, so who were the women? He says, one of them was mixed. The lady is like, white, black, Hispanic. He says, one's mixed. The other one is like mixed, more Hispanic. She's like, all right. Does you? 
what was she wearing? What was the last known thing she was wearing? He goes, I, I don't know. When I left, she was in the bed. She wasn't wearing nothing. Which he kind of catches the 911 operator, which is kind of funny. And she goes, okay, let's go to the other woman. Uh, you know, she looks a little bit more Hispanic than she's 21. Okay, what was she wearing? You know, same thing. She was also in the bed with nothing. <laughs> I just can't. This fucking cracks me up. I feel bad for him, though, because this was not like women that he met on Wednesday and got robbed on Thursday. He was like, you know, social media showing himself with these two women. Like, they had like a long-term relationship. I mean, A I, long-term... This was your standard long-term menage twelve yeah. gone wrong. Dude, how many guys can hold the center in a menage trois for like I think a lot of guys just don't even get the chance yeah I mean seriously like two months is my max and then one of them starts getting bitchy and then they rob you blind or it turns into a four way breaking the menage trois thing but that's like the easiest like all they gotta do is find these two and that's it it's not like it's some unknown thing like these two robbed him he's gonna get his shit back so who feels bad for I don't feel bad for this guy I don't feel bad so much about the the stuff but he was invested with these women and now they there's a million there's a million double pairs of women lined up right after them these two are gonna be gone they probably robbed him blind because no menage ain't never gonna be the same and I ain't ever gonna be in the menage as I was because now I know you're talking about a guy who just wants to better next better 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 next they probably robbed him blind because he was cheating on them with two other fucking girls like they don't just I I hope it comes back funny like he has so much jewels and shit laying around the house that they were just like hey let's just get out of here let me put my clothes in a, in a bag and it just turns out it had like a half a million dollars worth of jewels and they're gonna be like oh my god I didn't like even try to steal anything some kind of fucking anything. pirate <laughs> where he just has like jewels everywhere I mean that's my that's my booty room how much <laughs> did they take there was like I don't know 200 grand in cash where was it I don't know there was someone in the cereal bowl I think there's less now there's nothing on the floor the sock drawer that's a lot of money I had a man. cat made of my pets are made out of cat I keep them covered in cash you don't have a cash cat <laughs> I had, a, I had two cash cats. I just got one. I so got one it's a cash tragedy. cat. Either they ran away or they stole it. I don't, mean, I don't mean to make funny Le'Veon. I know you're a big listener. Yeah, he's fucking... All right. You're going to have a good year this year. He plays for the Jets now. I hope they find these women and bring it to justice. And like Isaiah wishes, I hope you find another pair. And you can find menage a trois love. Get another pair that again. night. He had another pair. <laughs> he had another pair the night before. He had another pair the night before. Why else would they fucking rob him? He's not fucking hurting. Jesus Christ. We love you, Le'Veon. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Schmittler's Pest Control. Schmittler's Pest Control Company specializes in shrew extermination and are the number one pest control company in the Tri-County area. Hello, I am Randolph Schmittler. The hook-nosed shrew is a foul pest. Our eradication techniques are what people would call thorough. We march through your neighborhood and put marks on doors of households infested with the shrews. Then we gather them all together, isolating them from the other populations. The trick is to break the spirit of the shrew. After that, we put them to work building und tiny little camps. Finally, we come to our final solution. Many people say they have never heard of a shrew infestation, and to that we say, you're welcome. Schmidtless Pest Control. Call for a consultation today. Hey, Greg, why don't you 96 us? So 96, uh, another. This is one of those, another one of those numbers where it figures heavily with the year. I like 1996. I like 96 because it's kind of is like 56. 
Almost it is kind of like 56. 56. 96. It's a backwards 69. What you do is you get married to you 69, and then when you've been married for too long, you 96. Yeah, only, give a shit. only work like that. You 69 is a premarital thing entirely. Yeah, so once you're married, then you uh, then you just 69. Then you just dream about the 86 the whole fucking time you're married. Oh, shit. Throwing them over, the, <laughs> over a cruise ship. Throwing them off a cruise ship. Uh, throwing them off all kinds of things. That's really the joy of marriage. Is you can imagine killing them any way, uh, you, any like. way you want. Yeah. Any way you like. And then the muttering starts. You so, heard it here first, guys. So January 31st, 1996, an amateur astronomer from southern Japan discovers Comet Hayaku Taki. Hayaku Taki. Let me guess. Did he create a cult? No. Did somebody else create Actually, a cult? Actually, I can't say that no death cult was no created, death from, created this. from this cult. Probably odds are there was, but we didn't follow that up. But this was interesting to me. This guy found this comet, he spotted it in January, and it passed very close to the Earth. They figured out after, this always blows my mind, that that same comet had not passed into our inner solar system for 17,000 years. Mm-hmm. Then it passed in January of 96, and now because of other gravitational pulls and shit, that comet that they saw in 1996 will not come back into our inner solar system to be visible to us for 70,000 fucking years. Nice. Does that kind of blow your mind that something that is kind of circling us and is taking 70,000 fucking years? No, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of numb to that now. Well, it's it's kind of nice to, like, if you open yourself up to that type of thing and you can kind of enjoy the I do I, I've, stuff like that. I have learned about that stuff it's to the point where it's not really like mind-blowing anymore uh, Isaiah, is, I mean. Isaiah is 25 by the way so you know he fucking he's sick of all this shit already Dude, but alright no I hear I've you heard my fair share of asteroids and you've had there. your fair share again he's 25 he's fucking been there motherfuckers hey just because you are not a learned <laughs> doctor like I am and this so, stuff is still blowing your feeble mind this is just what something I think about with that like how cool would like it, it it's not possible but like, there's a camera on this thing, and every time it comes by the Earth, it just takes a fucking snapshot. And just, like, what would that look like? It would be cool if it was, like, one spot, like Manhattan. Every time it comes by, 17,000 years later, 96. 70,000 years later, who the fuck knows what? Probably most of the pictures would just be... Dust. Magma, and then water, <laughs> yeah. and then fucking, you know. Basically. And then you'd be like, wait, what was that one? It looks like and some shit, I can't... Was and that at the end of it all, there'd only be, like, three pictures anyway. Right, because the next time it's fucking 11 billion years and the universe <laughs> right. is already re-complex. Yeah. Right. It was interesting to me anyway. That is very interesting. I think the most interesting part of that is that an amateur astronomer is the one that discovered it. I think that's very interesting. That is true. That is a very interesting part of that. Uh, March 13th. This is interesting. You don't hear about this a lot at all. March 13th, the Dunblane Massacre. An unemployed former shopkeeper named Thomas Hamilton walks into the Dunblane Primary School in Scotland and opens fire. This is in 1996. Mm-hmm. Killing pupils and a teacher before committing suicide. It is still the largest mass shooting in Britain. How many people did he kill? Probably 12. I think it was 16. Hmm. Largest mass shooting. It's not that many because they don't. Uh, guns are illegal. He did it with pistols. They actually really fucking. He's love a really him. great shot. Well, he went into a school with a bunch of fucking primary school kids. You know, they're not. I mean, it wouldn't be the first person. Okay. 
<laughs> you try to make it sound like he did it with pistols. Like, I don't yeah, know. he's a good I mean, shot. And then he's not a good shot. Was he a good shot or is he not a good shot? Well, he had, he had like jump a, on what you're saying. He had like a bunch of pistols right. and he just went in. And it looks like, not, I'm not saying that there was any gay stuff going on with the guy, but it looks like there was some type of implication. It's about the implication. It's all about the, if you... This is the, this is the original implication. Maybe he not, wasn't not smoking with, fags, but uh, <laughs> if you catch my drift... And Smoking he lost his dicks. business. It said unemployed former shopkeeper. He lost his store mm-hmm. because of some business that happened with him being a Boy Scout leader. Mm-hmm. Then they yeah. wouldn't let him be the Boy Scout leader anymore. Then they were like, what's going on? He, he must took be. everything from him. They did. And he fucking shot a bunch of kids. You just don't hear about that so much in fucking Britain. So I just want to bring it up. You're then. right. Yeah, Britain, Australia. I think there was only one mass shooting in Australia. Uh, Jim Jeffries does a whole... A whole joke about it, about how there was a mass shooting, and then they banned guns like almost immediately. They were super cracked down on pistols after this thing. Yeah, and there like hasn't been a shooting since. Yeah, right? you're not going to take guns from Americans over. Nope, fucking, not going to happen. If you don't uh, like guns, you probably just shouldn't be here. It's a I very didn't unfortunate. Fo- uh, I didn't proof. follow up much on this one, but May tenth, nineteen ninety six, in Everest. This may be the thing that uh, Sebastian Younger wrote his book about. I think it was called Into Thin Air, where eight people died when they had an unexpected storm when these people were all climbing. Oh, yeah? It was kind of a big deal. Where were they climbing? Everest. Oh, okay. Mount Everest. More recently, I've seen that on on perusing for news, Mount Everest is exorbitantly crowded. Yeah, a lot of people, more permits than ever. and There's just a bunch littered with, like, dead bodies and and human feces. What on about dead bodies? Really? Look it up, dude. There's a lot of... Because they don't take them down. Once somebody dies up there, they don't have enough manpower to pull them down. But how many people actually die up there a year, though? There's probably... 11,000. That's a lot. I think that's how many people probably climb it. But there's a lot... I think there is... Eight people died in this storm, and that Mm -hmm. was... And that's just one go. And four more people died that season. 12 people, which... The worst season of fatalities to date. So that was... That was 20 years ago. I mean, I suppose there could be 100 people up there, but... I mean, yeah, and... uh, from what I, it's I not like know. they're littered. I mean, there's new fresh snow all the time, so they're just kind of getting deeper and deeper. They're there, man. <laughs> there's fucking bodies around up there, man. July 19th, uh, more morbidity. You know there's still mountains around Everest that have yet to be summited? Well, because they're just not as exciting, you know? No, but they're yeah. just as tall, and some of them, some people think... I don't like know certain, just as tall. They're just as tall, and there's some... Uh, however, geographers that will say they're, they're taller, but they aren't climbed because... They're not owned by either the Chinese or the people of Nepal. And so you can't... And, like, there's one of them. The only way to climb up it is from the Chinese side. And so they won't let anyone over there to the mountain to climb it. There's, like, laws and, like, they keep people off the mountains. Well, wouldn't they let Chinese people climb it, though? They don't, don't let anybody... There's, like, there's a, there's a couple of these different mountains in the Himalayas close the to... Hum- the Himalayas. The Himalayas. Close to... Uh, <laughs> Close to um, Mount Everest, like right around Mount Everest, that haven't have yet to be summited in our recorded history. There are people who've tried and have died, but in recent years, especially, and it's mostly because of like territorial disputes. There's just not people aren't allowed there. Not that they can't, or that it's impossible, but I won't be bound by the laws of man. If I chose to do it, I mean, I have a bumper sticker on one of my cars that said, "This car." Climbed I, Mount Washington. I climbed the because I, I just do what the fuck I want, man. I don't. I there's no my rules. Car all the way up to the top of that bitch. Yeah. July nineteenth, the 1996 Summer Games in Atlanta. Anything ring a bell for you about those? Mm-mm. There was a bomb. Oh, bomb on that one. There Did it blow a, up the Israelis? 
No. In the helicopter? No, it was in Atlanta, and someone put a big bomb, and they turned out it was a guy that was a bomber. The Israelis could have still been there. Okay, that's true. And, uh, you know every what? Every country was there. It started, it spawned, get out of town, ready for this, a Japanese doomsday cult. Oh, shit. No, the blast killed one person and injured 111 others, but a guy, a security guard, Richard Jewell, he was like a fucking... You know how sometimes someone's 15 minutes of fame is burns so fucking hot, they're like everywhere. Like, you go to get a slushie at 7-Eleven, the fucking guy's on. Dane Cook. Richard Jewell. I don't know who that is. You, well, because you were really young at the time, but dude, it was so... All the night, the, all the talk show guys at night were talking like about Michael it Phelps. paper. Yes, but just for this stupid... He was a security guard at the Olympic Village. He fucking saw the bomb and cleared everyone out of there. And then the cops were like, well, you fucking seem to know a lot about this bomb. He was like, I'm a fucking security guard. And they were like, yeah, good story, fat. And then, bam... He became the huge the suspect. Everybody hated the guy. Like they, death threats. They wanted him to be killed. Then they very quickly cleared his name. This guy Eric Rudolph, who was like a bomber, repeatedly he was like, "What the fuck? This guy's you fucking stole my shit, you motherfucker! You don't know the first thing about bombs." This guy Eric Rudolph got busted. He bombed a bunch of people. But sometimes you look at the stats, like you were just saying, like you're numb to the numbers of certain things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you hear stuff, you like. This guy had three mass shootings. You're like, whoa, how many people did he kill? Like 1,100. Four people were killed and seven people were late for prior engagement. <laughs> You're like, that's not impressive. I want to hear like fucking number. This guy was like a bomber and he did a whole bunch. Did It wasn't like really killing people, you know? Mm-hmm. He was super <laughs> anti. <laughs> he really it just wasn't all that like major. But he his his the thing he was bombing against was gay rights and what the fuck was the other thing? Which means he was probably gay himself. Potentially, that's usually what those. <laughs> he bombed. The he case. confessed to three other bombings. An he had abortion. An father, and he he himself was gay. Abortion and gay people were his targets. Yeah. He confessed to a, an abortion clinic in the Atlanta suburb of Sandy Springs, the other side lounge of Atlanta, which was a lesbian bar, injuring injuring five. So, he's not that great of a bomber, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, an abortion clinic in Birmingham. He did kill a police a police officer and a part-time worker. You couldn't even kill one of the full-timers. Jesus. And then only oh, critically injured a nurse too. I don't know if that means she died. So I mean, he, he wasn't like a great fucking bomber, but the, I do remember uh, from those games Richard Jewell was like it was just so terrible. He literally was the guy that saved a bunch of people because this thing was going to go off in a crowd. He clears them out, and then he's in the back of the You're car. You're coming with us, buddy. And they just smeared the shit out of him. Everyone was like, this fucking... Di-. Just man on the street things at the time were like, I want to fucking tear his face off right now. He tried to bomb the Olympics. This piece of shit. And, and then like, he goes, I swear I was trying to save people. It, it's one of those... Hatchet jobs were like, when you're exonerated, the FBI comes out and goes, we're sorry, Mr. Jewell is a great man. Uh, does, do you have anything to say? Too late. He lost done. his job and his whole life. After the thing, someone still says, fucking scumbag. Throws, <laughs> you fucking bombing piece of shit. That's right. And he probably just totally fucked his whole life. It's, mm-hmm. it's so sad. Because there's some people that only saw the first part of the news but never saw the second part. When Nobody you- watches those FBI <laughs> fucking things. <laughs> Nobody watches that shit. So, Listen, I- Richard, sometimes the good you do does you no good. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And then he became a bomber. For That's real. right. <laughs> uh, picture of the year in 1996 was a good picture. I enjoyed it. Braveheart, movie of the year. What do you think? You like Braveheart? I don't watch any Nazi movies. 
You're not a Mel Gibson fan. I've I've seen most of Braveheart. It was really good. I've I seen just, most of Braveheart. I didn't watch the whole thing just because it I was, couldn't stomach it because it was the racial undertones were just so deafening. It was too anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's too anti-Semitic. And the fact that there was no Jews in the whole thing, dude. I do not <laughs> besmirch anyone. Their their uh, right, their God-given right to hate Cosby, to hate Mel Gibson, to hate whoever. I mean, if people are assholes, I'd and, still watch his movies. He because he he's not like who cares? He says a couple bad things. He has, it's not like he opened up a fucking. Auschwitz, you know, he just he said a couple. Re- There's, I got an old dad who says who says fucked up shit from now and now and then. It's like old people just say fucked up shit sometimes. They got old fucked up twisted views. It's not like he's acting on them. I don't give a shit. He's got, uh, he's it's a great movie. It was one only- damning voicemail. It was really bad. Yeah, he, and he said was some drunken re- screaming at his girlfriend. So and we know what? that especially those rich bitches can be mega bitches. Yeah, and they just let twist it be damning. Down. But at the end of the day, what did he he said some really bad stuff? Who gives a shit? It's not like he's acting on any of it. He's an old, drunk, crazy guy. Let him to fucking be old, drunk, and crazy. I don't hold it against him. He it's said not- he hopes she gets raped by a pack of wild what? Finish this sentence, N- Greg. N-words. N-words. Every time I say, I don't say the curse word, it makes me think of Semi-Pro. Do you ever see Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell? Mm-hmm. The basketball movie? Where he's like, he, he yells at the ref. The ref calls, he goes, what is that? And the guy goes, your foot was out of bounds. He goes, oh, fuck you, you fucking asshole. That's it. We're fucking leaving. Suck my cock. And the guy goes, whoa. And he's like, hey, man, you know what? That's not cool. Your mother wouldn't appreciate this. There's something super tame. And he turns around and he goes, what the fuck did you just say? And he goes, what, Jackie? He goes, we're off, the f- we're off the court. Let's go. We're out of here. And he goes, you said S my C, Jackie. You said S my C. S my C. So Braveheart was a picture of the movie, uh, the picture of the year 1996. I thought it was a good movie. Apollo 13 was that year. Watch that one in school. Not, not a lot of other great movies that year, as far as I was concerned. Nixon. I don't know. It was not a great year for movies. Oh, 12 Monkeys. You know what? Did you ever see 12 Monkeys with Brad Pitt? That's a really underrated movie. That was a good flick from 1996. You should watch, if you haven't seen 12 Monkeys, you know, it's it, it does hold up. But it's a 1996 movie, so it's not like mind-breaking. Mind-breaking. Best television programs of 1996. Mm-hmm. You know most of them. Some of them, interesting. I don't even know. Because I asked you if you know who Brooke Shields was. The number three program of 1996 was a show called Suddenly Susan, an American television sitcom created by Clyde Phillips starring Brooke Shields. She played Susan Kane, a glamorous San Francisco socialite. Mm. You don't know Brooke Shields? She was like a teen model. She was the yeah. girl in the something lagoon. The Blue, Blue Lagoon. Lagoon. The Blue Lagoon. She was the chick from Blue Lagoon. And the, which was kind of racy because I believe she was underage and there were like nude scenes and people were like, is it cool that I'm into this? Or am I, because I'm not, if I'm not supposed to be, but you know, she was kind of young. Um, and then she had this show like fucking 20 years after that. She was kind of older, still smoking. I don't know if she's still alive, but she's probably still a 10 and a half. Right. Uh, the top show of the year, medical drama starring George Clooney, ER. Mm-hmm. That's the same one as it was last week. Yeah, that's it had a good run. Did you ever watch ER? Nope. Never watched it. I know you liked the next one after that. Seinfeld was the number two program, very close to ER. And then Friends starts to climb into the list. I was never mm. really a Friends guy. I'm not anti-Friends. I just never thought it, it never lifted off. Like you were just saying about the game show host and you were like ragging them, or as we will hear, you were ragging on the game show host of Awake. Uh, Friends just never gets out of that zone of like, Obvious, basic, 
yeah. pointed out stupid stuff, you know. They had the guy, ooh, Matthew Perry was so sarcastic and biting. No, he just, it was I stupid I think the shit. only thing that drives the show isn't even, like, the writing. It's just you fall in love with the characters. After so many episodes, you, have, you get an attachment to their quirks. And then they don't have to try too hard to be like, oh, that's so Joey. That die, he would die. He would, I love him. And, like, that's what carries it. But as far as, like, the humor... It's you're right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's really. It's weak. It's not. It's Did you basic. watch Friends though? No. I mean, I've seen enough episodes to know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen a bunch of episodes. But you were never like a Friends guy. I was never a Friends guy. I'm not. A See, I dated guy. a girl around this time, and it was like a. Girls Thursday. are always Friends people. You guys are Seinfeld people. Girls are are Friends people. So I ended up having to watch Friends because it was like. Which could be worse. You could, could be watching Dawson's Creek, you fag. That's true. I could be. Ooh, a- did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at the list, and there's not a lot of, not a lot of shit worth talking about there. But then, songs. I thought this was a little, uh, what's the word? Synchronicity or serendipity? You open up a segment of our show. Do I? Perhaps, and maybe I'm being predictive. Let's just let the show play out. How it's Let's let out, the Greg. show play out how it's playing out. Jimmy Christmas. The number one song. Can you guess what the number one song of 1996 was? The Marembe. The Maca, Maca, sure. No, the Macarena, the, the Macarena. Macarena. It was a big song. I do. Yeah, got a lot of fucking play. But I look at the rest of this list and I'm like, I don't. None of these songs were even like. Almost like what, what's the what's that? What else is on? What was number two? One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey in Boys to Men. Nah, it was like number two. What's number, two, what's number three? A Celine Dion song. What's not, what is it? Because you loved me. What's number four? Nobody knows. What's number 96? I mean, th- there's just a lot of shit back What's number 96? This is obviously a top 100 list. What's number 96? I Got Id by Pearl Jam. Ugh! There's an Ace of Bass song on there. Wait, I did see one that I wanted to th- mention. Uh, there was a song called Breakfast at Tiffany's. I wonder if you would know that song at all, because it was like... Everyone a- fucking knows that song. You know that song? Yes, everyone knows that fucking song. Really? Yes. I thought it was like a, a one-hit wonder that never played anywhere. Yeah, it's a one-hit wonder that played everywhere and isn't banged into everyone's I will always hate that time. fucking song because somewhere, probably like 1997, 1998, I go back to this house party with this girl. Everything is going great. And you stood outside the with the boombox on your head and you just played it. And you come outside! We had a really great night and then the second night I go back to her house and I get there and she's got a friend of hers that popped in from out of town. He's got an acoustic guitar and a buddy, and they're like starting a band. And he fucking he clearly he knew like three songs. This was one of them, and he, he played, had and this. Then he played like, Oasis by Wonderwall by Oasis. As soon as I showed up and I saw how lit up that she was, like this guy plays guitar. You're doing what are you doing? You're just doing that. You that. Are you getting drunk? The guy played this fucking song like seven times, and every time he played it, he had this super like it was his album cover smile. And he never fucking changed. The other dude did the singing, and he was like, you know, it was like shitbag singing. He got laid, is what you're yeah, trying to say. Yeah, and I was just like, literally, the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, this guy is going to fuck her. So and I'm going to go home. This guy is going to fuck her? Did you get a guitar or what? Did you learn your lesson? <laughs> I did wish. you learn your lesson? If I had the ambition, yes, I would have got a guitar. I went home, and I just hated that guy and probably drank the shit out of some red wine. Probably. But I fucking hate that but song. But if only you would have gotten a fucking guitar. Have you ever been there? I would love to hear someone write in about you're looking at a guy that you hate and you're like, that guy's going to fuck her and I'm not going to. I it's, it's not fucking right. I literally left. Like the third time he was playing, I was like, I got to go. I was like all angry. She's like, why? What are you? I was like, fuck all you guys. Especially that fucking guy. Stop smiling. And he mm-hmm. was just playing it over and over. 
Like, and I don't even think he gave a fuck. He was just oblivious. He just mm-hmm. was excited. He learned that song and he could play the fuck. Nah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he knew I'm gonna fuck her. He knew exactly. Look at the guitar, the smile. I don't even need to smile. Yeah, I said, "What about?" God, every time I hear that song, it's been 20 years. I fucking think about you, that son of a bitch. So wait, one last thing. 1996. I like this. The Woody Harrelson 1996 angle. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. In 1996, Natural Born Killers. Close. Little known sequel called Natural Born Killers 2: The Revenge of. No, in June 1st, 1996, Woody Harrelson, in protest of laws in Lee County, Kentucky... Stops wearing deodorant. ...called the press, called the cops, called everybody, and said he was going to plant four... What? Hold on. Trees. No. Palm trees. He was mad because they had just come up with laws against industrial hemp, and so he went... He was going to plant trees. I just said that. Not trees, dude. Trees. <laughs> He's planting trees. June 1st, 1996, Harrelson was arrested in Lee County, Kentucky after he symbolically planted four hemp seeds. Trees. To, to challenge the state law that did not distinguish between industrial hemp and marijuana. He, I love how like made for Hollywood this whole fucking thing was. He went with his lawyer, who was the former Kentucky governor, an agent, a camera crew from CNN. While at the hotel, he phoned the sheriff to advise, advise him of his intentions, planted the seeds, everyone clapped, then he was arrested, and he was released on $200 bail the same day. He later signed autographs and posed for photos with deputies. Fuck yes. He was acquitted of those charges with the help of his lawyer in 25 minutes. In 25 minutes. <laughs> Boom, motherfuckers. Woody Harrelson's out there doing the fucking hard work, man. If only he could have had that lawyer for his pops. And that's why you have weed, okay? So thank you, Woody. If only he could have had that lawyer for his pops, right? <laughs> Anyway, S96. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Placebo Phone, the leading brand in non-cell phone technology. Shop us online for the widest variety of inert replica cell phones from Samsung, iPhone, and others. Placebo Phone lets you avoid having a cell phone without ever having to give people your very lengthy and alienating explanation of why you don't want or have a cell phone. And also by... Time to Pee is the app that transforms your smartphone into an amazing hydration alert monitor. Simply enter your height, weight, and girth. Then update it throughout the day with the amount of water you're drinking and the top seven climate statistics for your region. And then Time to Pee will do the rest, alerting you 24 hours a day when it's time to pee. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Macarena Ball Clamp. There's a good one. Welcome to the Millennial Book Club, everybody, where we just fucking watch Netflix. Netflix originals, that is. We choose a Netflix original to watch on the episode previous to this one. You watch that Netflix original. And then you come back, and we all talk about it like a book club. That's how those things work. Well, you're a millennial. You don't like to read. This is the perfect book club for you. It's the perfect one for you, where all you have to do is just watch something. Because at the end of the day, that's all we did for any of our book reviews and all that kind of shit anyway. we 21st century cliff notes. That's right. So this week was... Awake. 
The game show. The we million were, dollar. The million dollar game. That is, I like when we do the, we've only done one other game show, and it was Flinch. It was entertaining. Entertaining. I like the game show Millennial Book Clubs. Not so much that I like game shows. I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. But what makes them fun to watch is that they're shows that you watch with people because you talk about it. And you go, you talk about what you would do, and everyone starts yelling, and it's like a... You know, it's an event more than just sitting there. A good game show sucks you in. It's got like some excitement. It's it's visceral, mm-hmm. you, and you can't spoil a game show because let's face it, we know what's going to happen on Wheel of Fortune, but millions of people are watching every night. Every day. I really liked Awake. I really liked Awake. I watched, I think, four of them. My little brother came over on Monday. We put it on. He was like, "What is this shit?" Clearly, there's some millionaire somewhere that has like a fucking ton of quarters. And he was like, I'm going to do something with these fucking quarters, John. All these quarters. What are we going to do with all these quarters? So here's the premise for this game show. Yeah. Ten, uh, seven people sign up for this for 24 straight hours. You're in this like clean room with a big little table in front of you and as many quarters as you care to count. You got to yeah. count them for 24 straight hours. You got to keep track of your count with no pen. Nothing. No all paper. All mental. All mental. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of that, now the show begins, and they do a few challenges. It's all based on sleep deprivation, the loss of your fine motor skills, all those types of things. I really enjoyed it. And then the premise is, so every episode had a formula. Yeah, because they walk you right out onto stage. Like after that, after you count for 24 hours, they go, time's up. They walk you right out onto stage with everyone there. There's only one stop. They bring you in a little testimonial room, and they go... How much do you think you counted? Because that's a critical thing. Of course, yeah. So you they say how much you counted, but they don't tell people. They don't tell the audience even until the people are off. So they go first off. The seven people, the person who counted the least quarter. So you can't sit there and go one dollar. I'm exactly on. Person who counted the least, you're out. Like in two seconds. I love it. They don't even do a lot of pomp and circumstance. Person who counted the least was old lady. Get out. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was least accurate, get out. On the first one, did you see the lady? She was like. I don't know, you know, I was really tired. That's all I have to say. I was really tired. It said she guessed that she counted 12,000. How much did she count? 17,000. What the (laughs) fuck? Jesus, what was she doing? She was just throwing change in there? What the fuck? But wait, when you see her number, you're like, okay. I mean, that doesn't, that's, she's the first lady whose number. You, how many quarters do you think that you would count in 24 hours? Who knows? Who knows, man? Because she was the first one to do, so there's nothing to gauge it on. There's no, like... Until you get to the end of that first one. Because and the, then you know... There's yeah. a contestant that wins all the things, and when he goes off, they show how much he counted. Do you remember? It was like 60, wasn't it? He counted like 42,000. And I watched four reps. That was the highest number of quarters anyone counted. That guy did? His was name was Justin, I think. $42,000 42 counted. And he was really close to his... He was really accurate, too. He was really they showed Because they show you how many they actually counted and then how many they think they counted. Yeah. And that always plays a factor, too, is in there. So it, it does... It's the same formula over and over. They do that. Now there's five people left. And they go, okay, we're going to do like some type of thing. Uh, some a lot of them involving quarters. Again, yeah. again, the executive producer of the show said, "I want Netflix to put a show on. I got a fucking truck full of quarters. Make something happen. Let's figure this shit out." Because they use the quarters over and over. Who's it's gonna awesome. change this shit? Who's what are you gonna, gonna do? You either open an arcade or start this game show. It's a cool idea, though. It is a cool idea. Twenty four hours of quarters makes it fun because you said, like, oh, now every 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 episode is gonna be well. I, so when the first episode, the way they made it sound in the in the trailer is that it's just a game show where you got to do tasks that challenge your cognitive and uh, your cognitive abilities and your motor skills, all those things that diminish or 
di- diminish with lack of sleep. Uh, and then, you know, the winner gets a million dollars. But in the first episode, they come out and they're like, all right, we, they've been counting quarters for 24 hours. I didn't know every single episode. That is a facet of the show. You have to count quarters for 24 hours. Awake, brought to you by the Denver Mint. Quarters are out there, not exactly. going away. Hey, they're still collecting those state quarters. Also, how many state quarters did you come across on that? Uh, 13 Delawares. There was like... Um, 13,000 13,000 Delawares. Because they... Because now, after the first season goes, like that's that's when the game shows really start to heat up. The first time a game show is on, people watch it. They don't know what the fuck's going on. But as a viewer watching it, I know that now if I want to be on the game show, I can think of a strategy. That's like the Dude, biggest thing. Dude, you're describing strategy. my childhood. I was like 12. I saw Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Backyard, you had, had a wheel. Strategy. I had a kid that we made look like Pat Sajak. This kid dressed up like Vanna. We, uh, we fucking practice, and we, we practice. Guy that you never playing. saw. His name was Rod Roddy. Come on down, yeah. come on down. That's a different show, dude. I thought Wheel it was of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Is, no, Wheel of Fortune is much Who was more. That? Who's Rod Roddy then? You're thinking of um, Price is Right. Price is Right. To the Price is Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on down. Wheel of Fortune is very refined. They go, oh, okay. hello, welcome. It's just after dinner. Maybe you're eating with a TV tray. I'm Pat Sajak. There's three dude. people. No yelling. Everyone spin the wheel and just maybe dude, say something. I else. am so bad at that goddamn show. At Wheel of Fortune? So goddamn bad at fill in the blank. Fill out this word. What is this word? What is this phrase? It does kind of come down to like your like your spelling and your grammar and then your ability to like you know, pop culture phrases. The guy's a dick. The guy's a dick. Dude, they already said D. And also that first one starts with an R. Oh. Dickhead. The guy's a dickhead. You want to talk about something that happened at work today? And uh, the episode with the episode of South Park where Stan's dad is on the show. Yeah. And it's this is how the whole show starts out. He's sitting there and it's N blank G G E R. And the thing is <laughs> somebody somebody who annoys you. <laughs> and he's like I've seen so like, many funny little things where they fucking working. And he's like, uh the N word. And everyone's like, uh, no, it's a nagger. It's a <laughs> nagger. Someone who nags. Right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. Like, and then the whole episode is how he becomes an N-word guy. And it's like these guys, these group of guys. Wait, does he actually say the N-word? Yes. Okay. He yeah. does. And uh, he actually says it. And he now he's like ostracized from society, just like, uh, you know, as if like segregated from society and everyone hates him and he joins a, a group of guys like uh what's his name from uh M- michael richards from uh seinfeld is also an, an n-word guy and like all these other guys that have said the word oh right because he actually had yeah that episode. yeah there was a bunch yeah. of other guys that have said the word and now they're like ostracized from society and they have their own little group and they're like we're people too <laughs> it's just yeah, it's a it's a great episode all right wait so but back to awake all the way back to awake i really liked it i it kept me interested here was the convention so you come up they do the quarter thing they cut off the chaff now they do three different games so the first game they do Someone wins something. You know, someone's the fastest or the or the does the most or whatever. They bring you up. You you don't get to see. Nobody gets to see what the other people did. Yeah. So in one of them, for example, they're trying to put um, thread, thread needle. needles. Yeah. There's as like many a big needles needle. as you can. But you're in like a little closed thing. They're all in the stage, so we can all see them. But they have like blockers in between, so you don't get to see the other people. And then they throw a sheet over everyone's thing. 
Yeah. Now, each contestant doesn't know how the other which is which is kind of cool because because then you because you're tired and it's about your confidence and like right. Well, if you knew fun. if you knew how the other guy did, then you would on the buyout you would. You well, they would couldn't know. even have the buyout. Right. right, they wouldn't have the buyout. So, so what happens is so so five people do the thread needle thing. We'll say they go. Someone threaded the most. Who did it? Bobby. He's safe. Bam, Bobby. All right, the other four of you, someone is last. Mm-hmm. You're going to go home. But we will allow one of you to hit this, like, the game show buzzer thing. Yep, they all have a If buzzer. someone hits this, they can buy out for 2500 bucks. Mm-hmm. You're out. It's always twenty five. then the next one, five grand. Right, it, gets, it gets, goes up as the show, the oh, stakes go it's up. It's twenty five, then five grand, then 7500 Then at the end, when there's only two people, someone's going on and someone's not. Right. And they give you ten grand. So right. someone can get ten grand just by outlasting the people. So what you get is like people that are underconfident buy out, mm-hmm. and then someone that sucked at a game gets to move on, which right. actually happened in this first one. Yeah, the first one happened. So somebody bought themselves out, and it turns out that they weren't even the worst one. Yep. They weren't. They weren't even the worst at that thing. But, it was like the Slurpee thing. Remember? Yeah. Oh, oh my God! That, that guy. Was, that fucking. He was like, I'm, I grew up on Slurpees. Please. It's ridiculous. I was drank like four, six ounces, eight of ounces, eight ounces. A glass of Slurpee. You fucking. A million dollars on a. You drink one fucking serving like of a, Slurpee. An old lady drank like thirty-one ounces of Slurpee, and this kid's like a twenty-year-old kid that probably had a Slurpee that day. And his line, I quote: "I was, I grew up eating Slurpees before formula, before baby formula." <laughs> All right, dude, you had a serving, one serving. And, of course, he's on the show Sleep Deprived, so he's just doing his thing. But mm-hmm. then they show the stats. They're like, let's show. And he's like, I didn't know I was going to be with a fucking bunch of slurpy expert motherfuckers. This is rigged. And then they're like, they show a graph of how much everyone drank. And he drank considerably like, so less much than less. anyone. It was like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Almost like he was a shill. I liked it, though. And they also always had on the graphs, they put, Arrested testers because mm-hmm. they're trying to showcase and, and when the thing to are, show how hard it is to do this stuff when you are sleep deprived because they've yeah. already obviously done this stuff with people who are which I think it was fun the way they did it because they didn't pound you with it but they kept reminding you these people have been up for fucking yeah like they, 30 they put hours. that graph next to it like people caught night almost double the amount of money from the balloons yeah they would throw balloons at the ceiling and they would pop and then money would rain down and they have to have to catch the money. Sleep deprived, they would catch like nine bucks, but like a rested person was catching like twenty bucks. Right. So it's like everything you're doing is cut in half. It's just like, yeah. It's like you're fucking drunk. It was fun. So it's then like you could do the same show, just getting people drunk. So then when they get to the end, <laughs> all the challenges are done. It's down to one person. They go, all right. Now we're going to ask you how much you think you counted, and then you say your number, and then they go, we have your real number. If you if you want, you can keep that money right now. Walk away. How much you actually counted. We'll say twenty to forty thousand, and then they go. But if you think your number was in five hundred bucks plus or minus of what you actually counted, you get to keep what everybody counted, which is like I saw it as low as one hundred and thirty and as high as like one hundred ninety-five thousand. So you do that one, bam, you get your one hundred ninety-five thousand. Then the next thing is you got to be within twenty-five bucks. Twenty-five bucks on. If you're within twenty-five bucks, you risk that one hundred ninety thousand. What you, you don't get any of. Are you an ATM? Are but you if an- you risk it and you win it, you get a million dollars. There is someone that that you saw somebody that got within twenty five bucks. He. Uh, that's what I'll say. I won't tell if he won the million up, but he got within twenty five bucks. That's my thing, dude. Just like we on the last episode when we brought this up, I predicted that I don't think it's one of those things where they're handing out a million bucks every episode. Right. They can't, dude. 
They would never. They would never be a game show where they're handing out a million bucks. They if they did, it, it would have to too. be on a huge network with this huge like network. millions. It's been around like for a Nabisco long time. Nabisco would give a million dollars. They'd pay the. You won the Nabisco million dollar prize, and they're yeah. just like, "Who gives a fuck?" That's like two months of cheese. It'd have to be some yeah, or like some kind of live lottery thing where everyone like puts. What money I thought in. was great is they could give the million dollars out, and these people are sleep deprived, and they're like, "All right, so to leave, we got like a three hour process, or you can just sign this shit, and we'll just." Yeah. Take care of it, and you well, fucking. You, oh my god! I signed a sheet that says I do not win the million dollars. They, that you know, dude. That's probably the worst part of the show is you lose, and then you walk backstage, and after every, after everything that you do, you have to go in front of the camera, and then because they have that little picture in picture where they have like the person down at the bottom testimonial, and they go, they go, what were you thinking right here? What's going through your head when this is happening? What are you thinking? They have to get that live, like while everything's happening, and some of those people, like the girl. The, the blonde girl in the first episode, she she was like, they told her how much she counted. And she was, they're like, you want to know how much you actually counted? And she's like, yeah. And it was like $18,083. She's like, 83? Can you even count 83? With, with quarters? With quarters? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And it's just showing like, oh man, dude, she's so dumb right now. Yeah. She's so fucking, she can't even fucking think straight. But that's what sucks is like, dude, you don't get to walk off stage and just go lie down somewhere. You walk off stage and like, all right, come over here. All right, come over here. All right, stand right here. All right. Now, what were you thinking right here? Now, what were you thinking right here? Okay, now go stand over there. All right, sir. Wake up, sir. Sir. Dude, it's just, there was probably some, hell on earth. There was some fun stuff. There was... Obviously, the big thing on the show every time is going to be: Is the guy going to go for the money, uh-huh. stop at the thirty thousand, or go for the two hundred thousand mm-hmm. and stop at that, or go for the million? Uh, I feel like most people are going to get to that hundred ninety and get it and just stop. Mm-hmm. So maybe the show, like second season, will be like, all right, we're giving away one hundred seventy thousand dollars every app. We need to fucking put another gimmick in there. Maybe the floor moves and you got to not get hit by this thing for 10 seconds and then you get the money. You got to do something. I mean, but that, or maybe down. they're just really banking on people taking that chance. And if this show has any like science behind it, though, I would imagine they focus grouped tons of people yeah. and let them count the quarters. They're like, we'll give you 500 bucks. To for 24 hours count quarters mm-hmm. see how many you get see what you think yeah and then they went okay most people but once you crowdsource it once it goes out to a massive audience of people being able to sit there it's going to come across the eyes of somebody who becomes obsessed with it and they're like they figure out a way to there's they're like put it into but like then you gotta get of, on the show they probably have a screening process it's kind of randomized i mean there are people there was a guy uh did you ever hear about the the guy that became obsessed with who wants to be a millionaire he had an iq of over like 200 one of the highest in history and he became obsessed with getting on who wants to be a millionaire he would read like almanacs and he actually got on the show twice so I mean, these there are people that exist like that. But they and could they, easily just say, "We're not going to tell you what game show and bring people." People want to be on a game show. You could just, you know, there's ways around that. But I mean, fuck it. Maybe you want to see someone that's like a maniac spending their life counting quarters for thirty hours at a while. I know. I, I'm within a dollar. I'm within a dollar, Mister James then, Davis. But then you got to win those stupid challenges, or you're not even going to get there. You know? Yeah. The quarter counting is a you big deal. You have to get up. To, yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was so close, too, and it was like, oh, God. It, it was really hard to see the guy not win because he was so fucking close. That sucks. He was like, family man, like, yeah, I'm not fucking around. I'm walking away with the money. They're like, yeah. And they go, all right, we got to see it. And he was within, like, I think he was exactly five bucks short. Oh, my God, dude. That That's going to be the rest of his fuck. That's brutal. I couldn't handle that. The consolation is he walked away with, like, I don't know, 175 grand or something. I think I watched all of them because I actually enjoyed it. It was fun, and I just liked the 
the, there's a couple of layers to it. I like the game show mm-hmm. type of thing, too. Especially you got family around, you're able to sit down and like watch it with somebody and fucking... Yell at the TV, that guy's a fucking idiot. Who's oh, gonna yeah. win? Not that fucking now, dude. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy right there. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the, ho- the host, James Davis? You know, I mean, he's serviceable. I don't, I don't feel yeah. like he—he he was funny. He had some funny lines. Yeah, he did. After the first episode, I didn't think so. Well, he—it's it okay. just basic shit, man. You know, he's probably nervous. Like they probably tape like all of them in one or two days, and he got better by the end. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll give it—I'll give him a shot. But he as did. far he as game show hosts, basic. Because he kept—it's like when they're trying to force the jokes out, and then they're just really basic ass jokes that like. And the the guy that was kind of funny at your school, but wasn't really, but it was just loud and obnoxious. And you're like, ugh, you just I'm over it, dude. Like, saw it coming, not funny. You want fucking high basic energy, energy. not I don't obnoxious. Want high, I just want and you don't want them wants, fucking yeah. up with the game. You just want them popping yeah. in to put the hand on the shoulder and go. What if you're gonna say you something, gonna do it? if you only say it if you know it's really funny, don't just say it because you're like they hired me to say things. Like only like chamber it when it's funny, let it out. Otherwise, don't fucking say this. Don't don't make fun of the dude's big fat like big beefy arms like oh say a protein joke wow you really dug deep for that one guy that's like, what the job is though yeah but that's a shit joke that's shit dude it's like every single time there's a bug in someone's drink and they drink it some jackass in the vicinity is gonna go at least there's protein in it <laughs> it's like get that basic shit the fuck out of here you're a game show host though. you have like dude if Wayne Brady seconds. was up there he wouldn't do it if fucking uh, Steve Harvey was up there he wouldn't do it they would all have better shit this not fair though because Steve Harvey's on the show where it's much more like giving the game show host I still think Steve Harvey on this show would I don't want to see Steve Harvey on that show. I'm just, I don't want to see Steve Harvey on him either. But I, I don't want to I see don't... Steve Harvey in this format. It's like a right. tight little thing. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is I didn't like him. I didn't think he was funny. That's okay. I, now we got the truth out. Yeah, I said that. I don't think he's funny. I said that right from the beginning. Right the, from the beginning. Well, I, said, I, I thought like he was he... basic and he wasn't funny. All right. <laughs> that was it, dude. I liked him. I, I thought... wasn't beating around that bush from the beginning. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was okay. No problems with I that. I thought he was okay and he made the show To be move fair, on, you only watched the first one. To be fair... You're judging him on his first day. Who's ever good on their that first That wasn't day? his first day, dude. There was auditions after auditions. They were recording. There was rehearsals. That, that was wasn't, his first That wasn't like, day. turn the camera on, let's go. That doesn't... It was his first you game. You don't know if they didn't... They recorded three episodes. They put that one out first because that was the best one they did. That wasn't... There's no way you can look at that and say that was his first fucking day up there. Impossible. He... After the first one, there was the game show was great, except for every time I cringed at the bullshit that he said. There was so many things I would have. Now I think you're getting a little too much into it. No, dude. That was all I could fucking dwell on the whole time. I was like, this is great, except for this guy sucks. I just, I didn't think he overstepped. He made his little, that's what you expect. Not not even quite snarky. You don't want to... No, no he wanna, wasn't snarky. You you're right. Right. You just he wasn't want snarky. Right he wasn't rude. He was just basic as fuck. You make the joke. When the girl's really excited, you're like, all oh, I she's expect really when they get her. all the way to this echelon, you're on fucking Netflix, have somebody on there that's fucking funny. When you're on There's Netflix, a million... The biggest stage. I mean, uh, you can watch it in your bathroom. It, it is anywhere. I think it's really He's silly huge. thing to knock a company that shells out a billion dollars a year to fucking people and to yet make I money. just did it. Bam! And their game show host fit it perfectly. He was I don't. I think they could. Have, there's a million. There's a million. Will comedians. you watch any more episodes? No. That was it. Yes. All right. Well, that's fine. Well, how, <laughs> how would you rate the show? Do not watch. I'd watch it if it was there. Watch it if it was there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a game show, so it's hard for me to say must watch. But you should give yourself a chance to see it because it is entertaining as game shows go. 
it had a good grip. It was it was uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun show. Good concept too. Yeah, I I I kind of I guess it would just be kind of difficult to consistently. I don't know. I guess the quarter thing. The counting the quarter thing, I don't know, man. I just, I was expecting it to be... It's like a litmus test for like someone's uh, ability to stay awake. is like... Yeah, I mean, basic. that's the whole thing. That That is the whole thing. So I think it's kind I of just, a good way to do it, you know? Because, yeah. like, everyone's counting... Anyone can count quarters. Any fucking idiot or a really smart person can count quarters, but will they have the, the acuity to stay with right. it, keep with their count, not go too fast? People dropped out. They had one episode where there's only five guys, and they were like... All right, a couple fucking people couldn't do it. They drank a bunch of Red Bulls, and they were like, I got to take a massive shit. They're like, you leave the set, you're out. And they were like, fuck it, I'm out. Dude, they, they stop for eating and stuff. Are they starving these people for 24 hours? They fucking, every, there's, there's like laws. You can't just force people to sit there for 24 hours. They go, all right, bathroom breaks, go. I don't know. I saw it behind the scenes. They were hosing people. Someone tried to leave the all thing. Right. They... Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> don't eat, don't sleep, don't do shit. What is this, fucking Auschwitz? Nah, it's the game show! A million dollar game show! So how, what, I don't know. I don't know what... Uh, they must eat, obviously. In of course, hours. they stop all the time. I guarantee, like, every four or five hours, they stop for some kind of break. They, they keep them awake, obviously, because that's part of the contract you sign, but they can't fucking starve you or, like, keep you from going taking a shit. Dude, people shit every 24 hours. <laughs> They're like... And I don't know if about you, but all those people look... Probably because of the makeup they had on, but they looked fresh as shit. You know, like, like being out there. They didn't look like they were horrifically sleep-depraved. Deprived, however you want to say it. But yeah, they're stopping, they're eating, they're doing all kinds of stuff back there. All right, break. There's a, there's finger sandwiches. You get All right, hammered. Tony, we just came back for break. No, I, I wanted to eat during that time. Now I want to take a shit. All right, but you signed the contract. I'm shitting now. You're off. What are you doing in there? Get what are you doing? Sounds like you're Hoover and Schneef. What are you doing in there? Hey, you think those any of those people are on drugs? Um, I don't know. Mm. Do you think they test them, or do you think they pat them down before they get in there for drugs? Do you think these people knew what kind of game show they were getting into? I'm sure they did. Like, they're sure, like, the advertisement was, like, a new game show that tests you being awake and all that kind of stuff. Because I've seen those, I've seen those advertisements and whatnot, like, on... Yeah, they have to give them enough information, otherwise they'd have, like, a huge fail rate where people are like, I have severe... Diabetes. I can't sit in this, and then like, oh, what the fuck, man? We just gave this guy eleven grand. Or I don't know, <laughs> fucking a t-shirt, whatever <laughs> the fuck. They give Get you. the fuck out of here. He's already had two sandwiches, Bob, but he said he's gonna leave. We're committed. So next week, or this week, I should say, on the show, what we're gonna be, or on uh, the Millennial Book Club, we are doing drum roll, please, easy. The eclectic, star-studded anthology follows diverse Chicagoans fumbling through the modern maze of love, sex, technology, and culture. And we're going to watch the beginning episodes of season three. Season three, that's because that's new. fresh and new. And seeing as how it's an anthology, it's not like a continuous uh, show. It's just one after another, like little stories, little vignettes. That's what Greg likes. I believe it's pronounced contunius uh, i think it's contunius <laughs> contunes contunes and uh we're gonna watch easy i'm looking forward to it it's got a lot it seems like it's got a lot of famous people in it i saw mark maron in one of them i think that's you you've got a naked poster of him on your uh your bedroom, inside my eyes bedroom you'll never inside. see it i've heard about it i hear I you like talking mark about maron. it i like his show i know you do he had one particular episode that i fucking absolutely loved i was trying to show it to people and i was like all right i'm that annoying guy 
that's like look at my oh show this video but he's you know he's like from um alcohol uh alcoholics anonymous he goes to a meeting he meets this other guy and they go to help this guy he's looking for like the old crocodilian guy to be his sponsor the guy goes let's go we're gonna go help i want i want you to see what could happen to you and they go see this guy and he's like fucked up on something it's not alcohol but he's like wired the skinny dude is all fucking weird he's like what's up man you guys the cop they're like hey man we just came to calm you down or the guy goes well fuck you i'm not I, he just everything that you think he's gonna zig he zags he runs into the bathroom they're like all right we're gonna go help maron's like i don't want to go in this guy's bathroom i don't he's like we're going in they go into the guy's bathroom he's in his tub and he's like t- he's being all fucking crazy and they're like dude seems like you're out of sorts today and he's like i'm not out of sorts he's gonna bar me he goes fuck you you fucking bitch he does his whole act with his barbie <laughs> he goes you want to do what oh yeah and they as he's sitting there he pantomimes like jamming the whole thing up his fucking ass he's like yeah and then they're like what the fuck dude All right. and I, it is fucking hilarious well and that's on Marin not his podcast that is on that's Marin that's not his podcast not okay. his podcast right. it wouldn't have been as funny I, I agree on his podcast. if you're listening to him uh, shove a who's the guy who's the actor that plays that character I don't you know I don't even know him he was like smaller and he just pulled guy. a crackhead off the off the uh, off the street for that one I, you know, it's probably hard to find a guy that'll stick a Barbie up his ass. I bet with Hollywood's magic, they find a guy with a Barbie up his ass already. Mm-hmm. They pull it out and then show then it to you reverse. reverse. They're fucking always ripping us off with their tricks. They just uh, now casting guys with Barbie dolls in their asses. <laughs> this is perfect, honey. It's for me. All right, guys. Next week on the show, you're going to watch Easy. You watch Easy. And if you have any reviews, send your own reviews. You can even review what we just did. What are your thoughts on Awake? You can send that to us to roadsodamail at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on the show. We'll even say your name if you want to put your name on there and all that kind of stuff and we'll send you a postcard because we appreciate you. We appreciate you, feller. And uh, we'll send you an awesome postcard personalized just for you. So send all that stuff to roadsodamail at gmail.com and watch easy for episode 97. New to Pop Flicks. The summer game show people are really crying about. That's, That's my, my cat. cat. We take your cat and give it a complete makeover. Then put it in a pack of other similar cats. Then you have to pick your cat out. If you can, you win one million dollars. If you can't, we kill, we your, kill cat. your cat. Father Charles Patrick. Father, Father Charles. Now Steven is hoping his cat will come to him. Father Charles Patrick, come on boy. We've seen this strategy before folks, and it never works. Father Charles, come here Charles. Steven, has Father Charles Patrick ever come when you do that? (laughs) No. Can the owners find their cats? Find out who wins a million dollars and who goes home empty-handed and catless. Stream the whole season this summer on PopFlix. People might remember a few months ago, I wouldn't I couldn't tell you when or how long ago, that we did a news story about a doctor in Vermont, a fertility doctor, and it was this uh, this lady she did it was either 23andme or ancestry.com and she uh she just wanted to see what her lineage was because her she know that her parents did artificial inseminations where you, where you choose from a catalog and whatnot 
And she's like, I'm just interested to know what I, what I am. Turns out the doctor that they went to was her father. Do you remember that story? Yeah. That was a crazy story, right? Well, I was at my, uh, I was at mediation the other day for my kid. And uh, we're not working everything out and whatnot. And you found out this Vermont doctor is also your kid's father. He's my dad. And and my kid's dad. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And my, my lawyer starts just telling me about this other guy, right? And I'm like, wait, I think I heard that. And he goes, no, 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 this was like a big one, right? So this was a completely different one. This was a fertility doctor in, um, up in Canada. A Canadian medical regulator has formally revoked the license of a retired fertility doctor who used his own sperm to inseminate patients. That was, if I remember correctly, because I remember that story, that was Dr. Heinrich, it's my jizz. Uh, that's my jizz. <laughs> the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario called Norman Barwin's uh, actions beyond reprehensible, which it's like one of those things when you say beyond reprehensible, like can't, you can curse there. Like it's, you're allowed to curse. Be like, he's a fucking pig. <laughs> like, you could say that in that in that situation. Like you're a piece of shit. Um, yeah, it, we, we quote unquote, he's a complete piece of shit, dude. Uh, I think it was something like he fathered, they estimate, so the guy's like 80 years old now. He did it for decades. For decades, this guy was just busting into jars, tossing out samples, giving people whatever samples they'd be like, I want this guy. He'd be like, take this one. And it was probably his. Uh, they think, let's see. According to the statement of facts released by Ecology, has documented 13 cases where Dr. Barwin had either used his own or an unknown sperm to impregnate his patients. Or an unknown. So that's like he's doing all this shit. He's got all this paperwork, all these labs to be like, oh, look at this guy. He's strong. He's He's got the right chin. He's Nordic. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I'm either going to jizz or we're going to take this shit. I don't even know if it's jizz. This might be this? coffee meat. Fucking stick it in her box. Oh, you can't get pregnant. Because that was coffee meat. Fuck you. When you're looking up this article, this isn't just like a a normal thing. This isn't just like a one or two off thing. This is like a reoccurring thing. Because as I'm looking it up, April 12th, 2019, Dutch fertility doctor used own sperm to father 49 children. DNA test shows. So a Dutch fertility doctor was just fucking... All these people. I just thought of a great idea for a business. We should start testing fertility doctors everywhere. There's a lot of money in that, it sounds like. It's because all these guys, all these fertility doctors, never could have possibly compre- comprehended that when they were fucking doing this all throughout maybe the 90s or the 80s or whatever it was when, when the fertility thing became popular and you could do that, they're like, oh, fuck it, I'll jack off in here. Like never could they possibly fathom that medical science would make it so that 60 bucks got you a full fucking genome readout in like a month i mean they're doctors because, so they probably no they did do it the first time it they the first time they they don't you remember they cracked the human genome in the 90s it was like a billion dollar thing they had two company it was the it was the united states versus a private organization it was a race to see who could do it first and it was like all their fucking resources, everything they can muster, it cost almost a billion dollars to do. And they're like, you think 
they could even think like, no one's ever going to be, at least I'm going to fucking die by the time. Like nobody's going to ever catch me doing this. There's nothing on the horizon ever. They just could not fathom the possibility that I just spit Do you think some of these guys do want to get caught and so people no. know that there's a hundred kids out because there? Because like, none of it is recent. None of it's recent. So you, since the genome breakthrough, you think it's cooled down? Because that guy I, looks like he's young. Which guy? The guy in the orange county jumpsuit. Is that the doctor? No, this is, these are these are all like people. Some of the children involved in the case. These are all fucking relatives. <laughs> these are all fucking half-siblings. There's 59 of them. There's 49 of them. Jesus. Dude, what, what happens when you grow up and you're at a bar and you're fucking hanging out? And you, you, you fall in love and you get married and... You go home and you get your test and you find out you fucking married and you're banging and you have kids with your half fucking sister. I mean, forty nine people. It would still be pretty rare that it's going to happen. It, you're right. It is. Maybe rare. there are some that are out there. Like people thought global warming was going to bring us down or nuclear Armageddon. No, there's eighty two fertility doctors out yeah. there that was super industrious and now twenty eight percent of the population is related to each other and we just yep. die out through deformity. And I mean, Oedipus's mother did send him up river with his eyes stabbed out and he ended up fucking her. So. <laughs> and he'll never come back. He'll never come back to me. Dude, it's... That, isn't that just... In, a Dutch fertility doctor accused of using his own sperm. DNA test revealed that John Carbot, who died two years ago, impregnated their, their mothers at this clinic near Rotterdam. The results were confirmed on Friday after judges allowed their release. One of the children named Joey said he could finally close the chapter now that he knew Kambat was his father. After a search of 11 years, I continue my life. I'm glad to finally clarity. Dude, it's... Do they tell you who your father is? Like in the thing, is it like a brochure? And it says I think like, there's like... You have options, maybe. It's kind of like adoption, I think. Like when you do it. But once you do it, do they tell you that like A, B... Oh, you could pick if you want to you, be known or not. I think you can. I think you can. Well, obviously, when they when when you... As a mother, when you're looking through the catalog, or as a couple, or whatever, they have everything. It's like they tell you upbringing, background, like nothing is left. Like all your schooling, eye color, height, age, all that kind of Which stuff. It's so silly. Like, what the fuck does any of that shit mean? Uh, it means I. Because you're going to get fucking cranking shafts, fucking jizz. Because no matter what, you're getting cranking shafts, fucking jizz. Doesn't matter what you want. Secret sauce. It'd be funny if while they're reading through the book, oh, he played football. Um, I was also quite the footballer. Oh, he did this. I've been to New Jersey several pretty, times. You should listen to this. Traveler. It may be interesting to you. I'm 5'9". <laughs> <laughs> we, we want our kid to be tall. 5'9 is tall. <laughs> Judges, dude, it's it's does not... Uh, it's a very... Let's see. It doesn't end there. There was... I, I found... A decades-old doctor secret leads to fertility fraud law. In the 70s and 80s, Donald Klein fathered more than 50 children by using his own sperm on patients. Now, so over all those years, how many women do you think got impregnated at his clinic, would you guess, based on, I don't know, how often is it? Like thousands, you think? Um, and he just picked his 50? Was he like... Uh, she's hot. And like for him, that was like like he... If I secretly inject my jizz with a syringe, it's basically like I did her, right? Right? <laughs> Dude, and look at the look at this old turtleneck, dumb-looking motherfucker. You see him? Yeah. He would. He would fucking inject his jizz into fucking. Oh, what a what he a. Kind of looks like Rob Reiner if he was crossed with Colonel Sanders. And if he was, yeah. 
and a turtle. Finger licking jizz. Finger jizzing good. <laughs> 23 and Me test. Look, in 2014, 23 and Me test revealed a decades old secret in Indianapolis. Dude, basically in Indianapolis, these people would do their DNA tests and it immediately gets uploaded to a data system and it connects you to everybody with a certain percentage of similarities. Because at certain percentage, it's like between 20 to 30% you're a sibling. And then, like, between 20 and 15%, you're a half-sibling. Like, that's it's really cut and dry like that. Shouldn't these people be happy that they have all this extra family that they didn't know they had? Yeah, sure. See the fucking silver lining in the this fucking fake jizz. Dude, isn't that just... In modern history, He's this guy is considered basically, like, the most... Um, fathered, like, the most kids of, like... So, anybody. what what makes a woman go get... Artificially inseminated. The husband There's is a, sterile? The, the husband can be sterile. Or he's got an... I have a narrow urethra. <laughs> that was the problem. That, that was, was, that was Hank, Hill's, Hank Hill's problem. He, he couldn't... He, uh, Bobby was a miracle because Hank has a, a narrow urethra. <laughs> um, his, my, your, your, so there's something wrong with the Your swimmers basically had to go single file. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's something wrong with the guy, or there's also oftentimes it could be something wrong with the lady, and the best way to do it is to artificially inseminate because then they can get everything past it. Like it's almost it's a much better chance. Could this really be like a ruse though for women that are into like turkey baster insemination type stuff? And they're we're, we're letting be. them get into this in a public letting. Well, I they're, don't know. They're paying to do it. I, that makes it even more. Their insurance. Insidious. Their insurance is paying to do it. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. I don't no, know if it's I just like, like it's just like detachable. Turkey basters from where I come from are used to base a turkey, it's just like, not to spread some Colonel Sanders looking motherfucking seed. Everything's a guy's Greg. It's just like the removable shower heads. You really think those are for what? <laughs> shaving? Shaving legs, Greg? When That's you, a different thing. We're not we're not trying to bend God's will. Go to the go us. to the go to Bath and Body Works and you see those the whole aisle of 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 sh- removable shower heads. Dildos. It's right out in the open. Everything that can fit in a vagina is a dildo. That water bottle you're sucking on? That's a fucking huge Probably has some of Klein's jizz on it. That's a big, big jizz. Well, watch out, ladies. Colonel Sanders is in the Colonel closet. Sanders, yeah. Basically, just don't. I mean, now I think these guys aren't going to do it because they're aware of how easily detectable it is. You can't get away with it. Back in the 70s, they just couldn't even fathom. I mean, don't you kind of get away with it, though? These guys are all old now. They've had their lives. You're, you're they, right. They're old and dead. Yeah. Some of the guys are dead. I mean, you'd have to go do the DNA testing. I guess at some point, though, everyone's going to start doing DNA testing. It's going to become ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Then you definitely won't get away with it. Right. I mean, you right now, you just have your chances. How about if he mixed his jizz, though, with, like, some O.J. Simpson jizz or something that confused But if it's super jizz? The super jizz, you can't. That's a different thing, Greg. <laughs> That's a that's a completely different thing, uh, but did you know it's? I think what what was interesting when he brought that up, and I I discussed that I discussed with my uh, lawyer because he was like he's he's fathered the most kids like in history, and I was like, well, actually, Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, <laughs> uh, one in five people in China are direct descendants. I think it's Genghis like a Khan. worldwide uh, percentage now because. I mean, you can do it worldwide just because of the population of, like, if you want to do it statistically. That's a lot of raping, lay, dude. It so is a lot of raping. We've all raped a couple he, of times in college or whatnot, but, like, that dude was committed, he focused. He was committed. You thought you, you thought you were good. 
This man, he was the Levon. There's what not was enough. His, what was his Cole name? Rums Levon. And, and Levon James. Levon. Le- the, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. He's the Le'Veon Bell of of um, raping. <laughs> Jesus. What? I suppose. I suppose. He's really good at it. Is what I'm trying to say, Greg. Yeah. He 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 created and ended more life than any other single person on the face of the planet. You ever listen to the really something interesting to listen to is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yeah. did like that four-piece on it, and he talks about uh, historical fires, like clearing out the forest so that new growth could come in. And clearly, and there's been a lot of them over, over time, but mm-hmm. Genghis Khan was the biggest... Human one. Fire. Human fire, yeah. He was the biggest human one, yeah. he There's a noticeable carbon imprint and when you get when you dig into the stratus um the stratified layers of you know like the carbon uh like let's say the the ice sheet you can dig down you can see how much carbon emissions there was and uh because there's a certain amount of humans on earth we all produce like methane and stuff and that's like calculable in the um residual materials left in in these layers and in the years that he his reign was going on and he was murdering everybody bloody dresses and his jizz yeah there was an actual layer the layer of the carbon imprint is is diminished is lessened he made a noticeable impact worldwide he was the greenest person alive (laughs) (laughs) it was the best thing for the planet he was just eradicated and now I learned all that from um learned all that from uh Dan Carlin's hard. You should listen to Dan Carlin's hardcore history. And also, I think if anything, this is a PSA to not ever artificially inseminate. Well, you know, some people need it. What are you going to do? There's always a risk when you put your vagina and the sperm in some guy's hands in a clinic in a mall. You might as well just go find a bum because at least you know what you're. Getting. At least do like a Cosmo. They should Cosmo should have a quiz at the back. Like, is your doctor a creep? Mm-hmm. And you have him do the quiz, and he's got to score a certain amount, or else you move on to the Cosmo next quiz. Yeah. Cosmo Those Cosmo quizzes choice. are pretty accurate. They, they so. get deep to the issue. <laughs> That's the whole thing, beginning to end. Top to bottom, that that was all of it. It just went by so quick. Greg, what did you learn? Uh, I was reminded that Hank Hill has a narrow urethra. Got a narrow urethra. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. Yeah, he definitely did. I uh, I learned that Le'Veon Bell. Nice. Is the that's the normal way to spell that. That is the normal spelling of Le'Veon. When people ask that you say the normal spelling, Le'Veon. Le'Veon. L-A dash. That's not a dash. It's like a hyphen, right? Not a hyphen, but... No, it's actually a very normal spelling. L-E-V-E-O-N. Yeah, but it's L-E and then like an apostrophe. Is there an apostrophe? There may be some apostrophe. I did look it up. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I I learned that he's got two girlfriends, and that's cool for him. Had two girlfriends. Uh, He's got another two girlfriends. As of airing. I'm not fucking (laughs) worried about that guy. There's the last person I'm worried about on this episode. It's not him. What else did you learn? Anything else? I learned that Woody Harrelson is a big uh, weed activist. Loves ganja. Did, yeah, or at least industrial hemp for him is something that needs to be uh, in. Mm-hmm. What else? What else did we learn in this episode? It was a very informative episode. I learned that it's harder to count quarters than you think. How do you think you would fare counting those quarters? I think I would do pretty good, but I you have... Think so? Yeah, I'm kind of like Do you like think that. you'd have a technique? Like, what would your technique be? 
I was actually thinking about that the whole time, right? You'd count like by like, you know, putting a quarter every dollar or a quarter every fifty dollars. I guess sitting there you'd figure out what what would yeah. be a good denomination to push off so and then the- move one quarter and then you'd have a stack and you'd say that's five hundred bucks and then Maybe one quarter goes over here, and that's a thousand or so. I don't know. There'd be easy ways to do it, I think. But the hard part, of course, would be to stay awake and keep counting and remembering your system. But if you kept it simple, just mm-hmm. using the quarters. Come on. That's what I was telling you about the uh, like once the now that this has been on the air, people are gonna become. You better. have yeah, you have, and like the second season, mm-hmm. all the people that are on that second season have had the time to see how it's done and to create a strategy. For that. But like, I don't think that hurts the game. I think that'll make it more right. fun. You're right. You're right. And, and because there's ways, as you started to explain, by cre- like putting stacks of quarters that represent different denominations, called creating a memory palace. And when you create it, when you do that, that's how there's actually memory competitions, and that's what they do. They create memory palaces. It's, it's attaching your memories to something physical in your environment. And then when you want to remember those things, you mentally walk through that environment, and it makes you remember. So by creating, if you had the chance to create your own memory palace or like your own strategy, like you said, keep it extremely sim- simple. You could count infinitely fast and infinitely accurately, like just rapid. And you could maybe count almost uh, $100,000, $200,000 if you did it right. In 24 hours, you think? Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be people you're going to see that are going to start. I love the confidence with which you pull that number doing, out. I think that are I gonna feel s- I could probably count out to between 102 and 100. Yeah, I really think there's going to be people that are going to start doing it by weight, like because you can you can get really accurate within a few ounces when it comes to weighing things in your hand, and um, actually money at banks and in a lot of places is uh, is counted by weight. Did you know that? No. Yeah, like even stacks of $100 bills, it's all counted, it's all done by weight. Hmm. They just weigh it and they get like a, like, which people, I've heard on actually the dollop a number of different times where they make fun of, like it goes back and forth because there'll be a confusion between like, was it pounds of money, like pounds weight, or did they get away with like British pounds? But in reality, when it comes to like special banks and stuff, they do actually weigh the money to count it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because everything, every every denomination of money here I was in the what did we learn up, and I'm still learning right down to the last second. Still learning right down to get with road soda. What you get with road soda? Do we? Is there anything else? I think we covered everything. All man, I think people are feeling good right now. Whatever you're doing, you're gonna have to look for another one. Maybe go back to a prior Mm app. Forty-eight was pretty good. Sixty-seven was one of the best. If you got nothing going, it's Sunday afternoon. Was that was sixty-seven the one where we had uh, the phone sex operator on? Uh, no, that was 70. Was we should get her back triple on. Triple X Summer. Triple X Summer. We should get her back on. No, wait. That's what I've... It's what my diary chapter is right now. Triple X Summer. Mm. I think she's been Summer Triple X. Summer Triple X. Triple... Yeah, Summer XX. <laughs> X. We should have her back on. That was a good episode. She was a really fun guest. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. Uh, we always love hearing from you. If you want to write into us, write in to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Again, that's roadsodamail at gmail.com. Follow us everywhere at Road Soda Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Again, at Road Soda Podcast. And subscribe. Tell your friends. Just keep listening. Thank you. Uh, what Thank you-, you. I keep just one note too. It's Road Soda Mail M A I L. My personal email is Road Soda Mail M A L E, and I get a lot of stuff misdirected to the podcast. So just Road Soda M A I L for the show. Thank you very much. And I would like to say. Very important for you this week. You are a pile of meat.
that needs water, food, sleep is very important. Do yourself a favor, go to bed on time. For God's sakes, get enough sleep. It will change, change your, your fucking, fucking life. life. If there's anything that proves that, it's that show Awake. That's it true. will change your fucking life. If you think we're just spouting nonsense, it'll change your fucking life. <laughs> uh.